It is a Fairbanks Friday here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, and today we're going to play a few games here on the show. We are going to play a little bit of something or nothing. We're also going to talk about another what-if scenario for the Panthers, and we're going to discuss what the possible top PK units could look like coming into next season for the Panthers, all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, July 22nd edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramondo Villas from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, where they'll be covering all the offseason activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, we continue to to really monitor some of the players, whether they are still under contract or not, of where they could end up going th- this offseason. Because, you know, at, let, let's not forget that with 32 franchises in the NHL, every, everyone who necessarily doesn't win a Stanley Cup, it, they're... they're seasons for most GMs are considered coming up short and a failure. So everyone's always trying to take that next step. Some some teams take a little bit of a five-year plan like we've seen that with Chicago um, now with their what with what they're doing in their rebuild. But hey, there's still a lot of player movement even though it's been quite a few weeks since free agency has been uh been here so let me bring in my guest on the show it is you know what day it is it is a fairbanks friday edition of the podcast nick welcome back to the show i don't know i think i think we can rename this one fun friday with uh, all the games that we have set up for the listeners and thank you for having me back and uh can't wait to go through uh, all the material that we have ready definitely and for and I I want to I want to start off with the news that has dropped this week, and as far as the Panthers front, of course I had a whole episode the other day about Matthew Kachuk's apparent uh, interest in the Panthers. I I gave mm-hmm. my I, I talked about how realistic I thought it would be for the Panthers to get Matthew Kachuk. It doesn't seem like it, it's it, it it seems like that of course the Panthers would go through quite a few hurdles, but just the excitement level of of someone being that interested in the Panthers, it just it just it just got me excited, regardless of whether the Panthers were gonna get him him or not. I want to give you the floor a little bit on what your thoughts were when you first heard it. Fun, uh, the tweet that you put out, um, it got some attention. So uh, congratulations on the volumes. Uh, not only what this franchise is trying to do, but also that thing that people are paying attention. So, so again, I want to say congrats to you for that. Um, but there are premier players that are having Florida um, 
um, as a destination to where like, and possibly won a Stanley Cup says volumes. You couldn't say that possibly five years ago. Um, it was just another place where a lot of people would get a retirement contract and that would be that and it would just keep recycling. Um, you know, some prospects would develop, wouldn't be able to retain them and either have to trade them or, you know, what we'll talk about later is they'd walk in free agent. It, it's it's humbling as well, but uh, uh, when it comes to the match, to choose a square peg in a round hole, in a way, if you you know play that little kids game with the shape, um, a lot of things need to work out in that way. It's not impossible, but a lot of things need to work so that it makes sense not only for Matthew but also for the Florida Panthers long term. Yeah, and I actually got as soon as I woke up this morning, I actually got a tweet from a listener. Um, at, at um Jamie Weens uh, at Dragons underscore uh, Quest. Ah uh, uh, yes. He said he sent me a proposal of of Calgary Flames would receive Patrick Hornquist, Brandon Montour, first round pick from twenty twenty one, Mackie Semoskevich, defenseman Mike Benning, and a twenty twenty five first round pick in exchange for Matthew Kachuk. I, I subtracted the numbers. It, it, it fits if you also add Anthony Duclair's LTIR space. It, it does fit. It, it barely fits by like $200,000. So that can fit. Who says no? And my answer, I think Calgary would say no to that. Um, to the fact that uh, um, Calgary is looking for a player now. That is, um, I, I know Patrick Hornquist kind of fits that, but also he's on the last year of his contract, which would help them. And secondly, um, he's probably not going to be the impact player that <clears throat> Chuck is. Excuse me. And I don't know if you know the the remaining. Um, it would have to be somebody like an Anton Lundell, um, somebody still under you know really good contract, you know under their uh, ELC. Somebody like Mackenzie Weger having to go the other way. Um, something like, like that that would have to probably package and, and um, there would have to be other money that has to move as well, uh, not necessarily to another team that's looking to upgrade um, in some sort of fashion. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there, was a, there was a tweet the other day from a GM, uh, from a reporter speaking anon anonymously to a, to a GM and and David Dork uh, quote tweeted that one saying that moving money is hard. It's not as as it's not as easy as us fans try to make it out to be. Uh, before we transition over to segment number two, uh, there was a there was a tweet of Patrick Lane uh, practicing, uh, and the the jersey that he was wearing was an Alexander Barkov practice jersey over in Finland. And I want to I want to play this little game of something or nothing. Is this something or is it nothing? First sight was, oh, this is something. This is this is beautiful. But I'm more into it. I, I honestly think it's nothing. Um, I, I we know that Line A and Barkov are really good friends and uh, offline video games and stuff like that. And I think they play Chell and a couple of other games. Maybe I, I think loves that game. But um, as of right now, it's really nothing. In, um, but 
it really will start to make people wonder if Patrick Lyon actually signs a long-term deal. I know that he didn't go through arbitration with Columbus deal or an actual long-term extension coming um, between the two parties. But at the same time, to you know, go with a long-term or even a short-term bridge deal and only signs for one year, that, that will speak volumes. Then maybe Patrick is going to force his way to, to whatever destination he wants. One of his good buddies, Barkov, down here in South Florida. So um, who knows right now? <laughs> no, yeah, no doubt. And hey, uh, there is also that possibility that now with Goudreau uh, signing with Columbus that, hey, Patrick Lane has a has a friend over there um, in, in Columbus. So that that's a very uh, big possibility that could uh, sway him one way in order to in order to eventually build something there. Um, but we're, we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk about PK units for the Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events and the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores, podcasts, they have you all covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Second segment here on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I got Nick Fairbanks in the house here. And Nick, I covered uh, what the power play could look like at the very beginning of the week for, for the Panthers. And though. The PK unit really last year wasn't was really around the middle of the pack for for the, for the Panthers, and it's obviously a unit that could look a lot better for for the Panthers coming into this year. But I'm not sure how many changes we might see on the PK unit this year. We might see a little bit of tweaking of who's paired with who. Uh, last year, mostly we saw Barkoff Lundell, Hubi Lusterinen. Um, and of course, with losing Giroux, I could see and Sherratt as well. Uh, I could see a unit for the Panthers, and of course, these are going to change uh, throughout the season. And also, you might have different units based who's in the box, of course. But I, I could see Barkoff and Lundell going at it again together. And of course, that it's crazy because when Lundell first made the team. What was the first thing that was brought up? Penalty killing, Use, starting with the defensive game for him. And, of course, pairing off with Barkoff again is really going to help him. Of course, um, the, met, the met, some metrics say that um, Lundell is not the best penalty killer. Um, but, hey, th- there's also always room for improvement there. But I think that third forward pair for at least your top pairs could be somewhere around Sam Bennett and Sam Reinhardt as far as what their time on ice usage was last year. And as far as the D pairs, we could see something along the lines of Aaron Eckblad and Uyghur or Aaron Eckblad and Gus Forsling and then Uyghur and Gudis on the second pair. Uh, And they signed someone to a very cheap deal that has some penalty-killing abilities in Mark Stahl. So that is another... another, part of the lineup that they could use in order for that unit. 
Yeah. So I, I, I think that Bar, you know, with that, you know, group being as dominant as they were, and I know, quote unquote, analytical, um, probably not say this, but um, just by the eye test, you could tell that an offensive uh, penalty kill uh, unit, um, they were responsible in the defensive zone, but again, they had a chance shorthanded. Um, you know, those two definitely synced um, towards the middle of play, so I wouldn't touch that. Uh, second unit is where I start to, I guess, we're going to actually do. Um, I think, think mainly last year's PK was affected by the fact that no one could because he was going to be one of the main penalty killers, which then promoted each to Lewis to uh, I think he, he did very well, and I also think he did very well in the playoffs to kind of cement himself into that ringer goes. I know Uberdo was there, but um, at the same time, you know, he did very, very well in chances. But, um, you know, you, you said that the team was in the middle of the pack. This is that they need to improve, and they need to improve the kills. So you need guys who are going to block shots and out. So I think something like um, not 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 necessarily like a Nick Cousins, but um, line players need to come in and actually you know take care of business and uh, really kind of cement their um, you know committed to the de- defensive side of the uh, the game. And then as far as your D pair, Vlad uh, and Weger, if that's the pair that you're going to go with going into the season, as far as you know. I- regular um just because they do have the chemistry uh but then again the second pairing you know you have you have gudas um you have mark stall now who's more of a uh, rough customer and everything that might busky so so um the panthers have a lot of options that they can play with and you know we'll figure out what they want to be able to do and hey it, it might not be a a you know quick fix you know player here plug this player here it might be a month or two where they are able to figure things out and put people in there. Yeah, and uh, re- really for for the Panthers, it's I, I'm glad that you I'm I'm really glad that you mentioned that because it's gonna take some uh, some some growing pains for the for the for the Panthers in order to in order to get that part of their of their game better because even for the Panthers. They don't even have their full coaching staff together, neither. I mean, Tumo Rutu is still going to be part of the franchise. Rob Tallis is um, still in the mix for the Panthers as far as the goaltending coach. So they, they still got to figure out who's going to be that coach who's going to be working for special teams. There's no haven't been any official announcements. And I'm sure Bill Zito and Paul Maurice are working towards that. So we we gotta see we gotta see who are the who are those guys that that he brings in and what's what's their track record and based on who on what they worked at in the past and of course uh, it's not a coincidence that when Andrew Burnett uh, was signed as an assistant coach for the New Jersey Devils that he was going to be the they Lindy Ruff uh, announced that he was going to be the guy manning the power play and like, mm. like I said like I said. Like I said earlier in the in the offseason, I think the the power play for the Panthers once Andrew Burnett took the reins suffered mostly because of the amount of hats that Andrew Burnett was wearing. So he couldn't really focus on one thing. So he was like being the CEO versus like just focusing on one. And I think, of course, 
the power play could be better overall. Of course, I mean, it was top five in the league last year, power play, but also penalty kill as well. Could It, it could be a full 82-game season of just consistency instead of going through the, too many of these rough stretches. So let me ask you a question. What would you rather improve? Would you rather improve the the power play, which what we saw on the or would you improve the PK? It starts on defense. So I, I would agree. Like it because because in the playoffs, especially uh, if you could, if of course we you got to score goals, of course. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I've seen the last two postseasons for the Panthers. Uh, power play was fine in twenty twenty one in the playoffs, and then it, it took a complete one eighty. In, in 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 these most recent ones, it's it's strange to see how the last two years we've seen two different Panthers teams in the playoffs, how how they struggled. But if if you've seen the track record of teams, of what is the the winning formula of where it starts, it's on the defensive end on how you get to eventually win. And I mean, nothing against Vasilevsky, but once again. Vasilevsky didn't have to be superstar Vasilevsky the whole series for the for the Lightning against the Panthers. The 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 Tampa Bay Lightning were doing him a lot of favors and just eating pucks, getting in front, and not even the Panthers like sniffing the net. I, I will say I, I don't think there there were enough Panthers quote unquote eating pucks. I've had to basically bail himself out of a lot of situations to be able to team out of a lot of situations. And he did. Um, where, where it comes to Vasilevsky, I mean, you can look at his numbers against the Panthers. I mean, that's probably the greatest against the team. Um, I mean, his save percentage and his goals against were ridiculous. I mean, you know, the team in front of him was willing to lay down and make sure he actually make those sacrifices where I'm willing to do that for Bob. Um, but as you Said defense wins championship. Correct their uh, PK issues instead of going for goals every single time. Which, which defense is a great offense and everything, but uh, um, you know in the playoffs that doesn't work. We we've talked about it. You know how are the Panthers going to score? You know in the playoffs. And while we you know if if they can fix the PK and, and become you know more uh, um, and really figure out what it is is that they need to do as far as eating pucks and closing gaps uh, uh, offense, then I think they'll be a lot better off um, going into next season also into the postseason. Mm-hmm. And definitely that's something that we're, we're hoping for for the Panthers because Paul Maurice even said on a recent interview, uh, I think it was the Chirp podcast that he joined, um, he talked about how rush chances – uh, get eliminated through through the playoffs, and so mm-hmm. the Panthers got to rely on things that are more than just the rush. So, and of course, it starts with penalty killing. Of course, goaltending, which Bob was great enough in the postseason to at least win multiple rounds. But of course, w- what's that going to look like coming into next season? And we got a whole off season to talk about, of course, Bobrovsky and what he's going to look like. But mm-hmm. we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to discuss a. Another what if scenario for the Panthers ahead of this offseason. We're going to discuss that next on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. 
Third and final segment on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We got Nick Fairbanks in the house once again here. And this is these have been fun for for definitely for me as I've gotten a few replies based on what if scenarios that this uh the listeners have wanted us to discuss. And this most recent what if scenario uh comes from Anthony uh um right uh, excuse me uh flow Flo, Flo state ash um at flow underscore <laughs> state underscore ash he, he asks what if hubie walks away like johnny did from the flames and of course for for once once again to reiterate jonathan huberto is um can sign an extension at any moment he could and with one year left on his deal of course we were expecting around the seven uh um, of the eight-year deal around 10, 10 million AAV. So before we answer the question, though, I have a hard time, first of all, believing that he would leave based on how how vocal he has been about being down here. Of course, if you follow him on Instagram, he's always uh, shooting uh, videos of his house right on Fort Lauderdale uh, on the river. And with Goudreau being far away from his family in a very, very cold city. This is the luxury that the Panthers have. But Nick, what if he does leave? Where where do the Panthers go? So um, he gets that far. Um, it's either he signs the extension or, or they're going to trade him. I think you need to look to history for this one. Um, I know Huberto's going to basically hold all the cards for the sign or not but if you look at history i think there's a very prominent or there was an up and drafted back in the early 2000s named jay bowmeister that um you know uh, management organization a little bit saying hey you know I, i'm thinking about signing an extension with you i'm i'm more favorite and jacques martin at the time i believed him and and you know they tried to make a push for the playoffs and bowmeister walked for nothing um, I don't think the Florida Panthers can afford for nothing. I think they would be smart in, in actually getting the best deal that they or getting the best prospect or a player now to help their franchise. Um, I think not allow Uberto to walk for nothing. Um, he's that much of a premier player. Um, um, you know, walk for nothing. But that's a different situation, I believe. I don't think that. There's any city. I don't think, you know, Uberdo's waiting just to just leave to go either back home or to another city right now. So to say this thing drags out a little bit, um, you have to start entertaining deals. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if Uberdo even has a no movement clause, you know, or he can dictate work. I, I think, you know, the thinking right now is just focus on the extension. And, you know, it, that's when you really need to start putting your ear to the floor and really listening on offers for him because basically reload if that happens. Uh, he, he does have a modified no no trade clause in in the in his last year of his uh, contract. He did have a no move mm. clause earlier in the deal um, from from what I remember. And you spoke about Jay, Jay Bowmeister early for um, um, first round pick for the Panthers in the early uh, 2000s. Uh, another situation that happened for the Buffalo Sabres in the mid-2000s before they went on their playoff drought, Daniel Briere 
and uh, Chris Drury, uh, they made uh, uh, the athletic was actually talking about this uh, yesterday about how they made two conference finals in a row uh, and uh, they, they walked away for nothing. And that was the start of Buffalo uh, and their playoff drought, as well as Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky, just if we're talking about recent history as well. (laughs) And like you, like Bill Zito doesn't want to be held hostage. That's the thing that he doesn't want to be. No GM wants to be held hostage. So you have to entertain something if you don't get anything by midseason. And 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 this is gonna be this is gonna be tough if there isn't a, an extension and the Panthers are winning. Because are you gonna sell when you're in the middle of in the middle of contending? That was the Calgary Flames' issue last season because they were they were contending, 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 and and of course, you're not you're not gonna do that midseason. And now look where where that they're at now. Calgary went from a team that could have been in the playoffs multiple years because they have the goaltending, they have the coach, now to possibly being a fringe playoff team. And for for the Panthers, um, I, I it, it'd be really hard for it, that'd be a really tough one to swallow, especially for a homegrown player. And I've even looked at some of the 2023 uh, UFA class uh, for for the NHL. And here, here are some names. I'll, I'll, I'll name some names who will be a UFA, mm-hmm. but I don't expect them to actually hit the market. I, I expect that they will uh, have some extensions. Um, Nathan McKinnon is going to be a UFA, but I think he's going to sign long-term with the Avalanche. So we can eliminate that. JT Miller, I think he's going to get traded and then sign an extension with the team that he gets traded to. I don't think he's going to hit the open market. A few of them, uh, depending on the depending on the direction of the Boston Bruins, even though he plays on the right side, David Posternak is going to be a free agent in 2023. So they could they could turn that money and turn it into the direction of David Posternak if he decides not to resign with the Bruins. And then of course this one. This would be an awesome signing for the Panthers if Huberto walks. But even if Huberto stays, I can see a situation where they can bring this in. Patrick Kane. I would love I would love a Patrick Kane on this team. Yeah, so I <laughs> there, there's a lot to unpack there. Um what else I'll finish off with Huberto is that I, I don't think the Panthers can afford um uh, if they're winning or even if their season doesn't go as well as people think. Um, you can't have drama in the, um, you know, in the locker room. So I think it would be best. Um, it's going to be signed is to move Uberdo, um as quickly as you can at that point. Um, they everybody loves him in the locker room. I know South Florida loves him. You know he's 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 a part of this core. He's been in part of the years now, um, if not more. Um, and you know, just, just like going to be creative from that. It's just something that, you know, not, not this team needs, but the organization doesn't need. Um, you know, what UFAs could be out there possibly. Um, you know, think about the kind of, you know, cap space and who they can probably go out and get. You know, you talked you talk about a posture knock or, you know, you know, we have the person that we took line A, you know, depending on what his situation is going to be. You know, maybe that's something that the Panthers, you know, retain and you over those services because, you know, you might price him out, uh, price himself out. But, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how this all, all unfolds. And um, you see 
at Pasternak actually re-signing. Um, I think they're trying to get the band back together, you know, with Krejci and last go-around. But, um, you know, it, it it's going to be an interesting, um, you know, so the offseason also into the season to see who's going to stick around and who, who's, uh, who's going to be moving on. Mm-hmm. And it, it's 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 great to have these conversations as well, based on if this if the situation does happen. But like 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 we've talked about, we don't I don't I don't anticipate him him leaving, and I'm and I'm sure a lot of us uh, don't as well. But let, let's say let's say for the sake of argument, he does, and um, we we spoke about uh, Patrick Kane and Patrick Kane's odds as far as his next team. The Oilers are the favorite to to be that team to for him to be traded to. So uh, there, you could possibly put him on that second line, or even shift Leon Drysaitel to the second line uh, of the Oilers. So there's more balance with that, that lineup as well. Um, the Lightning are in that top five for Patrick Kane as well. I'm like, no, please, for the love of God, no, <laughs> don't. Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to figure out what Edmonton would offer Chicago to take that contract or Edmonton's going to be able to uh, offer um, for Patrick Kane services. And, you know, I would be in on this. I mean, come on, Chicago and Tampa have been trading with, with each other. I mean, Chicago, you know, LTIR players. You right, know, Brent Seabrook. Forever. And you know, Brent Seabrook was the last you know, why, why not, you know, trade Patrick Kane down to, uh, to Tampa Bay, but, but for future, for, you know, for their full rebuild and maybe a few blue chip uh, prospects. So um, I actually don't really feel like Patrick King would be a, somebody who would come down here. Um, I don't think the direction is here anymore. Um, he would, would probably be more, how should I say, uh, go to Vancouver more than he'd probably want to come to Florida just because of Dale. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, good, good point on that one. And I think also, I think it gives an opportunity for at least this year to see what the Buffalo Sabres can also build as well due to the fact that he's from that area. So if the, so, I mean, we saw it with Claude Drew with the, with the senators, people are talking about uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, going to St. Louis, which I think that's going to where he eventually ends up. But Hey, if the Buffalo Sabres even shows some type of improvement this year, we could also see him signing uh, with his hometown team. So that's, that's a, that's a, that's something that I could see somewhere in the future. But Nick, I want to thank you for joining on this Fairbanks Friday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Always great to have you here. Uh, tell people where they can find you online. Thanks for having me on again, uh, Armando. Oh, and I hope the fans at games and the what ifs questions that we had. But, but um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Prudential Zero and also HeatherParkway.com. Thank you as much as always, and I'll see you next Friday. Yes, sir. I'll be here. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. We'll be covering all the off-season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you the daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. So I'm Armando Velez. 
with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>